0: welcome to off the court presented by point guard U. today we are joined by hornell boys varsity basketball coach kurt skulls kurt super pumped to have you on thanks for joining us
1: thank you appreciate you guys having me
0: yeah kurt is uh like i mentioned he's the hornell boys varsity basketball coach just recently hit the 200 win mark uh he's experiencing a lot of success he's got some really talented players this year i've uh, been able to catch a couple games online uh, it's fun to watch. Uh, Kirk's a great coach and even better man. Uh, he coaches at uh, our camp in Hornell. He's actually a huge part of the reason we have camp uh, and hosting it year after year. So super thankful for you, coach. Um, for our listeners who might not know who you are, can you kind of tell us a little bit who is Kirk's goals? Um, you know how How did you get to where you're
1: at? Oh man, um, this is my seventeenth year uh, teaching in Hornell um, and I got kind of fortunate, honestly, to get into coaching, um, you know, the varsity level. I started, uh, two years coaching the girls. Uh, my first two years in the district, I, I, I came right into, uh, the girls varsity job. Um, and then there happened to be an opening in my third year and uh, I had the opportunity to, to, to make the jump over to the boys. And, um, you know, I was really young and, uh, they took a chance on me and, um, you know, I've, I've been doing the boys for the last 15 years and, um, you know, it just, I knew at an early age that I wanted to coach. I knew at an early age, I wanted to teach, um, just love being around kids. Um, and I just want to, you know, make a, make a huge difference in their lives. I know I had a lot of great teachers and great coaches and, um, you know, I, when I had the opportunity to become a teacher and a coach, it was, you know, just something that I always felt very passionate about. And, um, you know, I grew up playing a lot of sports and, you know, just love the competitiveness of, you know, even not playing anymore, but having the opportunity to be on the sideline and, you know, still help kids, uh, you know, accomplish their goals and, you know, just be a big part of their life and who they become.
0: I love that. And, you know, it's funny that I, as you're talking, I'm reminded, you know, you would say you love to play a lot of sports. First time I ever met you, it was, I don't even think you knew I was, I saw you, but it was at a Gus Macker in like 2000, man, maybe 2018 or 16, something like that. And um, I think, man, I just watched you play bully ball, man. You were taking it to him. And uh, I think that was the court where a dude got arrested. Do you remember that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there was many times.
0: I think they were playing the trooper team. Yeah. And some dude like went off and assaulted a guy, right?
1: Uh, I can get crazy down there sometimes. Yeah. I played Gus Magger for probably some time. I was like 15 or 16 when it came to Hornell and uh, I played it all the way into like my mid thirties uh, for about 20 years straight. And we got traveling all over New York state, you know, playing it. And um, you know, it was a great time. I had a lot of fun during those years, um, you know, playing with different guys and, you know, just playing Macker every year. We looked forward to it and, the, you know, even in the 20s and 30s, you know, even though you're, you know, not the same player or whatever else, it just became, uh, you know, part of what we did every summer. And it was fun.
0: Yeah. Macker's a good time. It's a shame it's not in Hornell anymore. Uh, it's, it's a bummer. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of getting back to on topic of like, you you know, being a coach, being a teacher in the school district. I think, you know, when we think back to like growing up, the coaches we had, we probably think of a more old school coach, right. Who was yes. worried about inside the 94 feet, not That's too worried cool. about the classroom. Um, and you know, um, kind of curious, how do you approach making sure that you're, you're coaching the whole athlete nowadays? I mean, you can't not coach. I mean, you gotta be on top of kids for grades and yeah. behavior. And, uh, you know, you and I both know there's a whole lot of both of those problems. Um, yeah. how do, how do you balance that?
1: I think, I mean, we, we, we start the year always talking about, you know, the phrase student athlete, you know, and uh, that they're students first. And that, you know, if they can't get their job done in the classroom, then they won't be a part of our program. And we just, you know, basically make a precedent, and, you know, and just say that there's an expectation that you are going to go to school every day, that you are going to behave yourself in school every day, and then, you know, you're going to do your work every day. Um, they know that there's consequences if they don't do those things. Uh, if I find out through the school day that they're in trouble or they're not doing their work or, um, you know, when they get to practice, they won't want to see me. Um, so, I, you know, they're, they're held accountable to it. You know, I think it's one of those things where they know that if they're not doing their job there, then, you know, I'll take care of it at practice. And if it continues, then, you know, um, it'll either affect playing time or they just won't be a part of our team. Um, I think if you let them get away with that stuff and it and it continues over and over, then, you know, I just think that you know, kids will take advantage of what they can take advantage of, and if they feel like they don't have to be at practice or don't have to be at school or um, don't have to do their homework, or then they don't. And it's one of those things I think as a coach you have to kind of be tough on it right from the very beginning, and you know set the set the um, the standard of what you expect and what you you know need from them, and uh, and then hold them to it. And every single day, you know, they know that they need to act a certain way and they have to do certain things. And then basketball comes after that. And, um, you know, if, if they take care of the classroom part, then we'll take care of the, the basketball part every day at practice.
0: I love that. Now, for, as obviously, you you know our, our organization pretty well and are familiar yeah. with the type of kids that come to camp. You know, we have kids <laughs> grades 3 through 12. Um, and we're in New York, Indiana, all the way out to Colorado. Yeah. Um, so we got, a, you know, probably 1500 kids that could possibly be hearing uh, your words of wisdom here for this next question. Keeping in mind, there's a lot of kids that probably feel like they're on the outside looking in of their program. You know, they're not the Gennaro Pico, of yeah. the team um, that are maybe sitting at ninth man on the rotation, 10th man on the rotation, uh, you know, looking to get more favor in your eyes, a little more playing time. What advice do you have to a kid in that situation?
1: Well, I think if you're looking at younger kids, you know, I think the biggest thing is they just gotta they gotta play, and they gotta work at it. Um, you know, I think of like the youth level, uh, the more time you put into it, the more time you invest into it, the better you're gonna become. Um, and I think that those kids they just need a ball in their hand, and they need they need to play as often as possible, get off the screens, and um, you know, go outside and play. Uh, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's you go shoot in a driveway, whether you're handling the ball on a sidewalk, whatever it may be, like the more the ball is in your hand, the better you're going to get with it, the more you're going to be able to do with it. Um, that'd be my first thing. They, they have to go, they have to put some time into it when they're young. Um, and then the second thing, for the, the kids that are in the modified the JV level that are on the outside looking in, um, I just think you have to be coachable, number one. Uh, sometimes kids don't want to take, what you have to say, or they think they know all—they re- know it already. Um, and being coachable is a huge, huge thing that, um, you know, don't make the same mistake twice. You know, if you, if you got told something in seventh grade and you're still making that mistake in ninth grade, um, you know, we are got a problem, you know? And it's like, just continue to develop every day and continue to, to progress. Um, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think sometimes kids want immediate results And they think that like it should just happen and i should just become good um and it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of time um you know i i look at a kid in seventh grade and you know if they can't make a left-handed layup it's like well by the time you get back here in eighth grade you should you know and if you're not and you still can't make a a left-handed layup in eighth grade then you know what have you done in the last year to progress and get better um Mm -hmm. you know and just holding again holding kids accountable and not letting them you know, take their foot off the gas. But uh, just, I would just try to give them the the advice to, you know, stay with it, Um, work work on it. If you want to become better at something, it's like anything in life. Uh, You have to put time into it and you have to work at it. Um, And it's hard, you know, basketball is a skill game. It's a game that, it's a decision-making game too. Like you might be able to dribble, but then you have to be able to make decisions and you have to make them quickly. Uh, And that's, I think that's a hard part for kids too. I think the last thing I'd say to the kids is watch the game. I think kids nowadays, they don't watch enough basketball. um, And I think you can learn by watching. You know, if you see a guy make a move, then then go out and try and emulate that move in the driveway. Um, The more they watch, the more they can can learn, uh, whether it's going to a high school game, whether it's going to a college game or, you know, an NBA game. But even just turn on the TV. uh, The more you watch it, the more you see, you learn situational you know situations um i think just the better basketball player you can become mentally and i think that's mental is just as much you know as physical
0: mm-hmm. i think you touched on it too of like just like the importance of not expecting it instantly i feel like we live in this like microwave society yeah. where we want it right now 30 seconds and we're in and i think yeah. like kids underestimate especially at that middle school level how much work's required. I've had kids that step on the court for a modified basketball game. The first, that's their first game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, not only, I understand there's not always options, you know, there might be the YMCA league, there might be travel, you know, but right. like, regardless, like you think back when you're growing up, how many, how many times you play games on the heart the, you know, the pavement, right. Yeah. You're at the park. you like, it was never your first time lacing up competitively. And then, you know, not to mention just that, but like, the hours of work that go in behind the scenes. Like when you see kids at the varsity level play, yeah. like it's effortlessly, that's because they have endless hours of effort filled work. Yeah. Um, and so many kids just see that they see the 20 point score a night. Do that, and yeah. they're like, why isn't coach playing me more? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I could do that when in reality it's like, it's not easy there's so, so it's not easy there's so not much easy. so much work that goes into it um but yeah no i mean i think it's 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 not overnight i think you touched on it It's that's it's awesome now you know you grow you said growing up you like to play a lot of sports yeah can you kind of speak to your take on the importance of multi-sport athletes
1: i love multi sport athletes um you know if I, I i've had a couple kids over the years that just play basketball and I just don't know if they I, – I just don't know if they ever develop all the skills they need. I think sometimes it's like you develop a toughness when you play other sports. Um, you know, I I just think playing soccer, playing football, playing, you know, baseball, different sports, I just think lacrosse, whatever it may be, like you can get things that help you in basketball from those other sports, um, whether it's strength, whether it's quickness, whether it's just seeing the game differently. And I think also just like hearing another voice, you know, hearing another coach's voice. And like, a lot of times, like coaches say the same things depending on, you know, the sport specific stuff might be different, but like they're saying the same messages a lot of times. And I think it's, um, you know, it's important for kids to hear it more than just one person. And I think it's important for them to, you know, develop relationships with other people and, you know, helps them with friendships. I just think kids that play a lot of sports, um, you know i just think they develop i think they develop skills and, and athletic ability differently whether it's catching a ball or using your feet differently i think it can help you in um you know in, in basketball um you know i think like soccer is very similar to basketball and you know it's the same style of you know you're defending uh, instead of the rim you're defending the net you know and like, keeping the ball in front of you and you know the give and go type stuff on the soccer field like it's very very similar in the way you move and pass and you know it's just a different way of thinking about it um but you can develop different traits i know playing sports um different sports and i think i think it can help help the athlete in general if they play more than just one um kids that want to just play one sport i think sometimes i think sometimes you get bored you know i think sometimes like you know you are you working as hard as you could at it i think sometimes when i get a kid that's played you know another sport in the fall, all of a sudden they come in and they're like rejuvenated, they're ready to go, they want to learn, they want to get better, and um you know they just haven't spent all fall just playing hoops, so I mean I think there's good, there's there's pluses and minuses, but I like kids that play lots of sports,
0: yeah, I love that, and also too, I think like even just like the importance of a kid maybe even experiencing a different role going to be in the stud on basketball to like yeah. a supporting role For And sure. it comes with humility and and it kind yeah. of helps that you know uh team Definitely bonding team chemistry yeah, yeah. can you kind of speak to you know we talked earlier about the traditional like what we think of that you know the old school coach who's you know unapproachable and doesn't really care about anything else besides the sport their coach and really tough don't get me wrong i think there's time and place for every yeah. coaching style um and you know I'd probably when I was coaching identify more to like being a strict, you know, coach, right? Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with that. But you know, my question is about parent parental involvement and like navigating that. And I I, I ask this because I've heard so many different approaches. I one of my buddies who played college basketball, he said the first day of college pre- basketball practice, he said, If any of your parents talk to me, you're I'm not playing you. <laughs> Which you just not I think that's it's, funny. Yeah. But like that's not possible nowadays, and it's unimaginable at the high school level, yeah. right? Um, so, but also, too, I've had times when, you know, I've been saved by a 24-hour rule. Um, you know, a parent comes up to you pretty heated, and it's after a game. You can say, let's talk in 24 hours. Yeah. How do you navigate parental involvement where parents have a say, and to what extent do they have a say in your program while still allowing the kids to grow individually? Cause you know firsthand how much you can grow from a one-on-one conversation right. with your coach. When yeah. you go in your coach's office and say, coach, can you explain to me why that you get upset when I do this, or I'm coming off the court or this? Like how much more growth comes from that than a parent screaming from the crowd or a dirty email with your C- superintendent CC'd? You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Um, I think it's, I, I mean, I, I, I really, really want the kids to advocate for themselves, number one. I think it's just a huge trait that kids need to develop, Um, you know, especially in the high school level. They they need to be able to come up to their coach and talk to them. And I I talk to the kids all the time about honesty, you know, like I'm going to be honest with them. Um, Sometimes I'm going to say things that they might not want to hear, but I'm going to be honest. Like I'm going to tell them, you know, why they're not playing. I'm going to tell them why, you know, um, or what they need to do to get more playing time. Um, you know, with the parents, you know, I, I have a very, very good parents. I, I've been very, very lucky over the years that there's only been a one or two, honestly, over the years that have, you know, caused any type of issue or, you know, had complaints. Um, but I tell them too, I'm honest with them in our parent meeting. You know, we have a parent meeting before the year starts. And, you know, I tell them right up front, like, I will talk to you and help you with your kid in any way that I can. You need help in school with your kid. I will help you. You need help. You need help at home with something. I will help you. Um, you know, just just to let me know what I can do to help them as parents, um, and I and I'll try. Um, again, I don't have any problem sitting down and talking to a kid about schoolwork, behaviors, uh, whatever it may be, um, to help the parent at home. Um, I also am upfront, and honest that there's a few things that are just non negotiable, non negotiable with me when it comes to parents too. Though, like we don't talk about playing time. Um, I tell them if they're going to come in and talk to me about playing 10, basically the conversation is going to get shut down really quick. Um, we don't talk about coaching strategy. Um, and then, you know, the biggest thing is we're not going to talk about other kids. You know, sometimes they always want to say, well, so-and-so on, you know, this kid does this, or this kid does that. And, you know, um, those three things are pretty much, uh, you know, not spoken of. Um, if they really, really, really need to have a meeting with me over some of those things, then you know, obviously we would have that meeting, but again, I'm going to be honest with them too. Um, and I'm just going to tell them, you know, right up front, these are the reasons why. Um, and I think a lot of times parents don't want to hear that. They don't want to, you know, but I'm just going to be honest. And this is what I see every day at practice. This is what I, you know, see in your son. Um, and, you know, they, they might disagree with me um, and they're, they're, you know, welcome to that opinion. And they're that, but I spend two hours with those kids every day. And, um, I think I have the right as a coach to make those decisions, and you know, I, I like I said, I have really good parents. Um, they are really, really helpful. Uh, in most cases, you know, they put that, they've helped me with team dinners. Uh, they help with the scorebook. They do different things that help me a ton. Um, so I mean, I, I I don't have any complaints with our parents. I know, you know, I don't hear everything. I don't read everything. I'm sure there's things that have been said about me over the years. I'm sure there's parents that don't like me sometimes. And I guess this is part of the job. And I think, you know, as a coach, you have to be willing to understand that not everybody's gonna like you. Not everybody's going to think you're the best. Not everybody's going to, you know, appreciate all the hard work that you do. Um, But, you know, you you just do the best job you can. And, you you know, you, you try to have a great relationship with your kids and let them know that your door is always open and that, you know, I, I I always tell the kids I would rather have you ask and you know want to know why, because that shows me that you care than, you know, sit at home and you know, grumble about it with your parents or whatever else. Just come and ask. Let's talk. Let's have conversations. Let's fix things that you need to fix. And um, you know, I, I appreciate and want those conversations with the kids. And I think they do too. And I think it's one of those things like under they have to understand their role and sometimes you know coaches have to do a good job of explaining their role um and you know in some years it's easier than others you know some years I think everybody fits in pretty easily and they get it and then other years it's more you know more challenging but I think it's um it's a vital part to your team's success of them knowing where they fit you know they don't if you're going into games and they don't know if they're going to play if they don't know how much they're going to play if they don't know you know, if the first, second guy off the bench, you know, that can be hard on kids. I think it's very uh, important that you explain and teach and that you know, you talk through it with them.
0: I think there's a lot of important words of wisdom that you just shared there for any coaches listening, especially some younger coaches that it might be trying to navigate the varsity world um, between the clear expectations for playing time with players. The non-negotiables of discussing with parents what we do and don't talk about—that um, that makes me wonder. You know, with over 200 wins under your belt, you've been coaching for a minute. What advice would you give yourself back? You know, before that first win, like if you could oh. go back and talk to yourself, what what's what are you telling zero win coach schools?
1: Oh man, there's. I mean, you don't know everything, you know, and it's one of those things you can always learn. Uh even now after fifteen years I still learn. Uh you take things from people, you learn things from people. Um be open minded. Um that you don't know everything. And you can be humbled really, really quickly, uh, if you think you if you think you do. Um, you know, when I started out, like I said, I was a baby and I you know, I probably thought I knew more than I did. And um you realize really early that you know it's uh it's 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 a challenge and that it takes a lot of hard work. Um, I think the biggest thing that I would say is, you know, just as you gain experience and as you as you do it, like preparation um, is probably the number one thing of that I would, you know, go back into myself and say, you know, you got to do this better, this better, this better. And, um, you know, just, just understanding, you know, how to handle kids, how to manage, you know, or your roster or manage, you know, those relationships, but, um, you know, just preparation for games and like, you know, the time it takes, you can't just, you know, think that I can show up to practice and, uh, you can't just show up to games and think that you can get things done. Um, it takes a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't realize or don't see. Um, and that, you know, the good coaches are, are one step ahead of, of the ones that don't. And, um, it's just, it's just one of those things I think uh, you learn over the years of what you have to do and how much time you have to put in.
0: Now, I'm really curious because I know you have some some pretty good athletes on your team. you got some good leadership on your team. How do you allow for opportunities of player-led leadership, which it's easier said than done to say I, have, I give my players leadership. You know, I always think even the simplest of examples is like letting your kids decide stuff that doesn't matter whether it's where you eat after a road game or what color warm-ups you wear right that's like the bobby knight thing like if it doesn't matter i let i let them choose but like in the game in halftime what does it look like in practice what does it look like for opportunities for player-led leadership in your i mean i
1: want them to be vocal um i love when the kids talk i love when they're teaching each other you know, sometimes we'll have a kid that's been out for, you know, sickness for a few days and we put something new in. And I love when I hear another, you know, a teammate teaching his teammate, you know, the set, the play or, the, you know, the inbound play or whatever it might be and helping each other. You know, you got to be here. And sometimes you'll even like when they're going at it in a five-on-five setting, you'll hear the, the defensive kid helping the offensive kid like through something. And it's like, you know, that's awesome. Uh, An example I – I um. I had one year, I had a kid, Julian Reinhardt. Uh, you know, he was great. And he ended up and played up at Alfred University. But I remember I was drawing a set play for him up at like end of a game situation. Um, and we were gonna clear out, we were gonna clear out for him and let him go one-on-one. And he goes, coach, I want, in the huddle, he goes, coach, no, I want the ball here. And like, I loved the fact that like, he was willing in that moment to look at me and say, Coach, like I want the ball on this this side of the floor in this spot and like you know I, I and I was like okay let's go like we're putting the ball here like I just think like when they have um you know when they're vocal and they and they have a they're in, you know, empowered and they feel like you know the, their their voice is heard um I love input you know I think of like Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs sometimes and he he lets his you know his his guys like design plays, I, you know, I think that's, you know, then they're part of it. And I think it's a huge thing where like, they're thinking about the, you know, the next play we can, we can put in. And, um, you know, I let the kids sometimes name plays, you know, it's like, they're going to have to be the one that remembers it. Like you name it, What's it what do you want to call this? You know? And like, they'll name it. I, I just think it's, um, the more they're invested, the more that they're into it, uh, the more that, you know, they're going to get out of it and the more that they're going to be in, you know, into, practice and into games um you know there's times where you know i have to do more of the leading but there's also times i i want them all the time you know on the court to be helping each other talking to each other and you know that leadership's a huge so, you know the years you have great leadership usually you go a little farther
0: yeah now i know you're a 49ers fan hopefully yeah. none of those support them uh, right now right trick yeah hopefully none of those trick plays uh, yeah, stifle your guys could, in the super could, bowl
1: could come out Now,
0: you know, you've had some pretty cool opportunities. I mean, coaching 15 years, like even to the point of like, I think it's so cool, like former player of your gym, Jim Dagan running the other side of the program. Like how cool is that? I mean, to be able, as you kind of look back on your career, I know that's just one small thing, but to me, I think that's really cool. You know, are there any specific moments or achievements that stick out to you as particularly, you know, memorable? And if so, why?
1: And uh, God. I mean, honestly, I think the biggest thing for me more than anything else is just the relationships that I have like created, um, you know, like I, this past winter over Christmas break, I must've had 10, 12 kids that came back into practice, you know, and just to, just to say hi, um, you know, the texts on Christmas morning, you know, and you get, you know, Merry Christmas coach, like those things are like the best part of this. Um, and I think like, you know, when you see those kids out and you and you go back and, you know, you had them 12 years ago, 15 years ago, six years ago, and they, they still want to be around, they still call you, they still text you. I mean, that's honestly the best part for me um, and how much that, like, I know that they care about me and how much they know that I care about them. Um, you know, and, and I just think the relationships that have been created over the years is by far the best. Um, obviously the, you know, winning sectionals in 2013 was a highlight, uh, moment for us. Um, it had been 25 years since we had won. Um, and it was awesome. I remember, you know, just that experience was so much fun. We've been close a couple other times. Uh, you know, last year we got knocked off in the semifinal. We were the number one seed. Um, you know, we've had our heartbreaking moments, but, um, you know, just, just the, the, the big games, the camaraderie, um, you know, I just, I love going to practice every night. I really do. Like, I I enjoy practice as much as the games. Like, I think that's, you know, I think that's a big, big part of it. A lot of people like the games, and they and they think that's the best part. But being with your kids at practice and, like, you know, just that closeness, that bond you guys gain there, um, you know, it's, that's the best part. And I think as soon as you start not enjoying practice, you should probably get out because, I mean, practice is, like, that's where, you, that's where the work's done. That's where the teaching's done. That's where, uh, you know, all the preparation's done. And, you know, for a coach, I think that's, that's just as important as the game, you know.
0: As a former coach, you're pulling at my heartstrings about the practices, missing those, missing those fun times with all Absolutely. the guys. Those are, those, that is the truth. Now, as we always wrap up our podcast with a little lighthearted segment called Full Court Press with some quick questions, yeah. I can start you off with an easy one if you're ready. Okay. All right. Favorite color. Blue. Oh, that surprises me with the Red Raider, man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite cereal?
1: Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
0: Great, great, great choice. And now, is it milk before cereal or is it cereal before milk?
1: Cereal before milk.
0: All right, just making sure you're not a psycho. <laughs> uh, favorite movie? Oh, geez.
1: I'm a big fan of, like, the Rocky movies, so I gotta go, like, I love Rocky 4. I love that movie. That's a great one. Uh, basketball movie, I have to go with Hoosiers. Um, and I love uh, Remember the Titans.
0: Love it. Those are two classic sports movies. Absolutely. And uh, Hoosiers is, takes place out near where I'm located Absolutely. currently. That uh, The game in South Bend. Now, would you rather give up appetizers or desserts for the rest of your life? Desserts. Desserts? Yeah. Oh, you're an app man.
1: I like the app man. <laughs> now,
0: I, that leads to my next question. Do you consider, and this is really important as a upstate New Yorker or a Western New Yorker, I should say. Do you consider a Buffalo wing an appetizer or an entree?
1: Oh, it could be either or. Oh, jeez. Uh i would go entree, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean like when you look for it on the menu, I think I would think to look yeah. under it under like uh yeah. appetizers or starters, but you and I both know when we order wings, we've gone out for wings together. Oh, for sure. When we order wings, that's an entree.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Now best best Gatorade color.
1: Blue or white?
0: That's the first time I've heard white. Yeah, I like white. blue blue's a good choice. Blue's a good choice. Uh,
1: uh,
0: best player you've ever played against or like coached against, or you know, or if it's someone that you you know, coached for or whatever yeah, yeah. Best
1: player I played against when i played uh it was kevin downey he played at livonia he went to division one canisius uh he was definitely the best player i ever played against um best player i've coached against probably miles brown uh he's playing in ohio right now at the university of ohio um him and his brother, they played at North Star Christian and they were uh they were phenomenal. I think they won the state championship there a few years back. Um, just the things he could do with the ball were unbelievable. Uh Max Juciannick from from Wellsville, he was a six six sniper. Um, that could, you know, do everything on the floor. He ended up going division two, I believe. Um, you know, some some really talented kids over the years.
0: Believe it or not, I coached against Miles too. I was an assistant coach at uh Rochester prep for a year and we played them at North star and it was (laughs) a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. Yeah. The kids, kids were getting dunked on. (laughs) It was, yeah. You think you see basketball and then you see basketball, like someone play basketball at a level higher than the kids that you're coaching. And you're like, man, like there's not much you can do to
1: prepare for that. Big time.
0: Uh, Loudest crowd you've ever played in front of or coached in front of. Uh,
1: Probably every game we play with Wellsville um honestly like the rivalry has been so huge uh for the last like 10 12 years i mean there was a time period where you know you'd go to a hornell wellsville game and like i remember the one year we played wellsville over in wellsville and our student section had to stand on the baseline because every seat in the whole place was taken and it was i mean it was there was 40 kids standing on the baseline like cheering um i remember there was a hornell wellsville game at home and um there was an old lady, it was before we had chairs and we were like on the bleachers still. And uh, there was like an old couple that were sitting on our bench because that was the only seat in the house. They were sitting on our bench right next to our kids. Um, so yeah, those were those were probably the uh, greatest atmospheres, uh, biggest crowds.
0: That's awesome. Gladys, you're in, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, let's go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, shout out the Seneca Street Zoo. You got some crazy fans over there. That's let's awesome. Go. Well, coach, Always love talking with you. Great having you on the podcast. You're welcome back anytime. Appreciate uh, it, man. Let's keep in touch. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me so much, We Good luck with everything. You guys are doing awesome stuff.